0: Hey guys, welcome to the Bagden episode number 323. I'm Chris. I'm
1: John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Weeking
2: Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the books that we are looking forward to coming out the 16th of November,
0: 2016. And we follow it up with our weekly rotating main topic, and this week it's a Paul baby, and I'm calling this the Bagden Born Fan Film Fest. So, Paul... Why don't you explain this?
1: A couple of weeks ago, uh, they, the there was a big news story saying that hey, look at all these great professionals that they got to uh, star in this short film called uh, Sidekicks, and it was you know uh, released on YouTube or wasn't it? Yeah, it's on YouTube, YouTube. And yeah, it's on the YouTube. It's on the YouTubes, and I'm like I fell down an internet rabbit hole just like Joe Biden and Obama do, <laughs> and uh, I saw there was a many multitude of these uh, really. Pretty good, really good uh, fan film, like short, under 15 minute little uh superior stories that people have put together. And I-, I figured, why not get together and
2: talk about not just this one, but all of them? Yeah. So we're gonna, yeah. yeah. We'll probably just start a conversation and we'll dip our toe into a couple here or there that we liked or want to talk about. And, uh, and then, uh, you guys <laughs>
1: yeah, gotta stop sending me the Obama <laughs> memes. <laughs> The Obad Biden, Biden means because they're just going to make me crack up throughout <laughs> the whole show. That's why I did it. <laughs> oh we got a, new <laughs> There's a new one. Oh, boy. But we're showing, we're showing, we're, we're being professionals. We're soldiering <laughs> through. Just keep it, just keep it together. Let's keep it together. Let's drink a little beer. Let's have some fun, Chris. Yeah. What are you drinking?
0: Well, why don't you talk about your beer first, because oh. I was going to piggyback off
1: of that. Oh, this is, uh, I, I picked these up because uh, there was this weird fascination that we had with the brewery when we first started uh, getting into the craft uh, beers. Oh, sorry, wh- uh,
0: what, what brewery are you talking about? The Brewery.
1: Yes. E-R-U-E-R-Y. I uh, know you're talking about a brewery, but what's the name of the brewery? The Brewery. It's kind of oh, okay. like. Okay, I'm sorry, I said the and not the, but what's the oh, name oh. of
0: the brewery?
1: Well, this is kind of like how Kermit is the frog. This is the brewery.
0: It's In, Smokey uh, the Bear.
1: Yeah, Smokey the Bear. This is out of uh, the brewery, but it's spelled B R U E R Y. And this is out of Plancetta, California. And uh, this is the or Chata. I think so. And. Is OR, or spelling a lot here. OR space X A T A. And this is a uh, blonde ale brewed with rice, cinnamon, and vanilla beans added. Uh, so this becomes like a, uh, it's a very rich, very sticky, sweet uh, brew that tastes like a uh, rice pudding.
2: Oh, so it's like horchata.
1: Horchata. That's yeah. it. Horchata.
2: Look at you so. So it's got a really good nose on it. We've had this um, when this beer was released just to special members of mm-hmm. the brewery club where I uh, had a friend that I kind of went in on it with, so I was able to get some of these for us. Um, and I think it was better then. This is kind of the mass-produced version mm-hmm. of it. Um, I think it's, they say it's the 2016 edition. It feels like it's got a little bit of a tartness to it, like it's... okay. Losing a little bit of its real sweetness, it's still a sweet beer. <clears throat> it, it it has that like white
1: wine effect where it just tendrils on your glass too after you pour it. So it is yeah. that sticky. There's a lot of sugar uh, in wine. You would call it a lot of residual sugars, but uh, this is I don't know what you call it in beer.
2: Um, and this is got. I mean, it it is uh, unfiltered. You look through it; it just looks like there's so much particles Hazy. floating <laughs> in the beer. Maybe when you get down to that, it'll be better. But uh, it's good. I think it was better when I first had it. Um, I don't get the same crazy notes that I've gotten before on this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I uh, think it's still good. It's good, Uh, and it's what like it's
1: fourteen bucks. I think so, twelve ninety nine, thirteen ninety nine, somewhere around there.
2: Seven percent, too bad. Mm Seven percent. It's it's still a good beer, Um, but it's not. I just. I have that moment when I was blown away the first time I had it, and I don't get that again.
1: Hmm. And it's a bigger bottle too than a standard bomber, isn't it? Because yeah, it's is, a pint. This is the size that they, all their beers. Oh are yeah, great. all their beers. But it's a, but it's not a twenty-two ounce. It's it's bigger than that. One
2: point nine point four fluid ounces. You no, know, yeah.
0: I, I like horchata. Um, it's not something I drink a lot. But I don't know I would I'd be willing to try this actually
2: yeah I, I it's it's worth a try and especially if you haven't had that previous version of it um, it's definitely worth it
3: mm-hmm.
0: yes. um, I was going to also be drinking a beer from their brewery um, but when I opened it up it started foaming all over the place and then ooh. I stood over my sink holding it and I lost half the bottle
3: mm-hmm
0: <laughs> So I was a little disappointed about that, Um, but I'm glad to hear that you guys have it because it was going to be the autumn maple, so I'm looking forward to hearing how it is or maybe you guys have the same issue with it. Um, I actually emailed the brewery about it to see if it was a common problem just with that batch or if it was maybe just something that happened in the distribution because that does happen from time to time. Um, If you go back episodes and episodes and episodes ago, we had beer from one of our favorites um, over at Ithaca, mm-hmm. and I believe it was the 15?
2: Yeah, uh, 16. Or was it the 16?
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, which every single bottle that we had was just infected, and anytime we would open it up, it would just continuously foam. Um, it's always disappointing, especially when it's a beer that you're looking forward to. Um, but, not to be outdrank, I have two beers mm-hmm. from Elysian Brewing, and I'm starting off with one of your favorites, Paul, and this is the Dark of the Moon. The Oh! They're, uh, Cinnamon pumpkin stout, and it is just as pumpkiny as as it was when we had it like the first time, like two years ago. Now,
1: nice. Get a lot of um, cinnamon.
0: Yeah, on that initial sip, it was like bam, cinnamon in my face. Uh, it's like what? I tried doing that cinnamon challenge that all those white girls were doing on YouTube a couple <laughs> years ago. Uh, but now that I'm like halfway through my glass, it's really kind of leveled out a little bit more. Like my palate's kind of adjusted to it. It's got a nice deep richness. Um, you get that pumpkin yummy like spice but then man that cinnamon this is something that I don't think I could give to everyone as a pumpkin beer like one of my normal things when I would go to like Thanksgiving dinner would be to bring like a seasonal style brew I don't think I could bring this one to the table and then have people be like oh yes I I will drink more thank you I, I think this is just a little bit too over the top but I am thinking this would probably be good to like make carrots or something with
2: oh yeah oh, glazing the mm. carrots yeah. yeah or even like cook in cook down and like put over like a yeah make it a glaze yeah make it a glaze for like uh like a cinnamon apple bread or something like that mm. that'd be good i i think that would be fantastic but yeah mm.
0: um it, it's good i wouldn't necessarily go to this to be my pumpkin drinking beer but you no, know, it's good to dip your toes back into it after a while
2: I go to it as my cinnamon drinking yeah. beer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cuz yeah, you get, it's overpowered by the cinnamon, but that's kind of what I love about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, guys, you know what I love? Every week talking about the, the news.
1: news. Ooh, Ooh good. I should have I knew because we always
0: talk about it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and we have so much news to get to. So, uh let's get right to it. Let's be quick. Already uh, ready, uh Low supplies of the Nintendo Classic Edition. This is a tiny little emulator that comes with 30 classic uh, games to it, uh, already installed, and you cannot put your old game cartridges in it. Like, so nope. it only has the 30. Yeah, it's just got those games. 30 games. That's it. Yeah, that's it. It's so, an emulator. So it's what Sega's been doing with the those, and Atari have been doing for years with the little, like. Plug-in the controller to the TV? Yeah, the little plug-and-play games
0: where it's basically just a joystick that hooks into your television, and then it's got, like, 60 games on it. You can find them at, like, Radio Shack for $20. Mm -hmm. Um, This is the Nintendo version of that. Finally, it's an actual official branded one. It looks like the original classic NES. It's maybe, like, a third of the size, though. Mm -hmm. Um, It uses the original Nintendo controller. We talked about it, I think... Two weeks ago, where the controller looks exactly the same, except it's a lot shorter cord-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I know a lot of people are actually excited about this.
1: Yeah, a lot of people are. It's so much so that uh, the first wave of them have sold out already at every store, and uh, now they're going online for as much as. Well, one person crazy. You know it, what? Ha- it always happens. A person puts it up for four thousand dollars. You know, yeah, and <clears> on <throat> eBay just just because. You hey, can maybe maybe somebody will buy it, not uh, realizing that uh, you can you know just buy it cheaper. Just oh. wait and yeah. order it online. Yeah, and uh, but the average price right now is one hundred and eighty three dollars and fifty two cents for a sixty. Ooh, excuse me, for a sixty dollar product. So, um, and the qu- quantities were so limited that even at the Nintendo's main store in Rockefeller Center, they only had two hundred and fifty to sell.
2: Wow.
0: It's like, Nintendo does know that sometimes people want their products,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Sometimes they know.
2: Well, they love to do, I mean, like, look what they did with with the Wii when it first came out. They did the same thing where every week people would go to stores Mm -hmm. waiting and wanting, and even if you didn't want one and you just saw one on the shelf, people would be like, oh, you can't get this, I'll buy it, like, and buy it for people. Or just buy it. Mm Mm-hmm. So I I think it's just uh, they're creating the hype again. They're trying to create the hype again. Yeah, because this doesn't seem like it's a. It, it,
1: it the, I can't imagine that it's difficult to produce this. No, not no, like the Wii it, or something. You know that there was a lot of, you know, production to it. Bits and bobs, and then they were selling them at a loss too, weren't they?
3: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, the Wii, they were this. This they it's have to just be mind-boggling made. because. If we're coming up to holiday time like this should be something that you find like i said like at radio shack or target or walmart just like on a shelf like it's there for people to grab it's just like that quick fun present that you know you, you put under the tree like i don't want to say a stocking stuffer but this is one of those gifts that you would give to someone and they're like wow cool awesome
2: uh i was thinking then, the same thing like a sock like almost like a stocking stuffer like oh yeah, yeah this i, is I little don't, don't
0: know why they do this and I mean, I worked at GameStop for three years, and I know it was available there and that they were offering pre-orders on it, but what Nintendo does is they just have limited numbers of things going into it, so each store might not even have, like, as many as they cover for pre-orders, but the pre-order should basically be kind of the barometer of how much interest there is in something, not, like, a limit on how many that store is actually going to get. mm mm-hmm. Because if they follow it actually, like, hey, this store has 20 pre orders, it should be because, like, okay, well, only 20 people want it, not because, hey, we're only going to send 20 to that location. No, Nintendo, you, you can do so much better. And when you're presented with the opportunity to, you just don't. Why? Why is it Nintendo?
1: And you can't use uh, your old, old Nintendo, like, because it's a different cord and, on it. So you have to use the ones that come in
2: it. So you can't, uh,
1: Pull out your old Nintendo controllers
2: and put it in there. What's, I have a problem; those I have an idea that those might not be the best working controllers anymore either. Yeah, that's probably true. But they, they do; people still
1: sell the old school ones, like yeah. that are made now. So, uh, because yeah, there are the, other emulator systems out there. Like and the here's the
0: thing: one. just go to any kind of thrift shop or flea market that might be in your area. Find an actual original Nintendo. Yeah, you might have to blow in the cartridges a bunch, but you can probably get the system, and all the games you want for half the price.
1: Ah! Uh, it's, it's a little tough. Because, uh... Like, even, like, if you go to Oogie, a, a Oogie Games, which is a used uh, use game seller here in our area, and even flea markets, man, like, they they know what they're selling, and it's hard to find, like, uh, like some of the really good classic games for under $15. So... Like, if you wanted the original Final Fantasy still, it's going to run you at least, I would say, $25, $30. And Dr. Mario, same way. You know, somewhere in that price range. 15 bucks per. So, I think $60 for this is a good price. Uh, I'm also reading a little bit more into it. And it does have the H- HDMI cable. Yeah. So, that old school system, you might not have the correct hookups anymore on the back of your television.
2: I still do for my Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. But playing on it, like the screen is warped and okay. weird, yeah, uh, on my new TV, like it's
1: just odd. So this, you know, does the scaling and does all that, you know, and t- takes that all into account and does it right. So I, I understand it, but if you, you can't find this, I think if you have the cartridges already, a Retron, which is another emulator system that lets you play all the cart your cartridges that you already own. And also once you use the controllers that you already own, and does the upscaling, and it has HDMI out. Might be a might be another option for people. Yeah, no, I don't know.
2: I think a lot of people don't know that stuff exists, or are too lazy to download or play on their computer, where the computer isn't good enough good enough to do it, or you know they're just those old school. Like I loved, you know, I loved playing these as a kid, mm-hmm. or. I liked playing these as a kid. They were way too hard for me as a six-year-old. <laughs> uh, I want to play them again now as an adult. Hmm. I think that's where some of this is coming from. Yeah.
1: Well, what other news do we have, Paul? Oh, so much news. So we got to get through it all. Uh, you, hey, remember when we talked about uh, the Strong Museum of Play here outside I do. of Rochester, yeah. and how they have the Toy Hall of Fame? Yeah. Guess who got inducted, guys? Well, you started saying it.
0: Oh, D Was it the swing? Uh,
1: the swing did make it. Yes. Yay, swing! Uh, the swing, uh, Fisher Price Little People, and D and D Dungeons and Dra- Dragons uh, from the old TSR, now owned by Hasbro, right? Or Wizards of the Coast? There's Wiz- Wizards
0: of the Coast. I don't know if they're affiliated with anyone else, though.
1: I think Wizards of the Coast is a. Wizards of the Coast is owned by Hasbro now, right? Ah, uh, so much rabbit holing, uh, but I think it's interesting that it got recognized as a not only as a game but also as a prede- predecessor for a lot of different games. Um, and I don't know; it doesn't say. But you know, I think it's interesting. It, it'll make me, I'll want to see what <laughs> they have there. Oh, yep, they are subsidii- uh, subsidiary of Hasbro Inc. Oh,
0: okay. So Dungeons and Dragons and Magic the Gathering.
1: Well, I'll be interested to go to, you know, the actual museum to see what they actually have there in the little glass Cases. case. And see what they write up about it. Cause yeah. it would be interesting. From that 80s backlash that we had with, oh, parents are going to, your kids are going to go become Satan worshippers by playing this game. Don't let your kids play this game. And that horrible Tom Hanks movie, Monsters and Mages, or Monsters and Mazes. I thought you were talking about the original Dungeons and Dragons
0: movie, which is awesome. Uh, It's so good.
2: Is that with uh, one of the Wayne brothers? Yes. Uh, I think Jeremy Irons is in it. Jeremy Irons was a bad guy. Uh, Jeremy Irons, when asked why he did this movie, is he said, I wanted to buy a castle. (laughs) Uh and he did in fact buy that castle.
0: Good job.
2: <laughs> so, uh yeah. No, that's fun. It's great that something like that or just the fact that this thing that is happening at the Strong Museum and they're doing that for games uh is great. Did we have any more news? Question mark? No, I don't. I think that was there was nothing like
1: really pressing. Uh, something stopping going to the presses, and that's (laughs) the Nintendo Wii U. So, one, so they stopped. They're stopping production of the Wii U because you know they got the Nintendo Switch coming out. So that's a whole factory. Whole factory, ready to go, Nintendo. Start pressing out those uh, HDMI. Nintendo's. Nintendo, classic Nintendo. Well, do you Nintendo's. think they're doing this to start focusing on the Switch? Yeah, yeah. If they, 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 that's what they said in the press announcement. When they said they're stopping produce the production of the Wii U. So, but I don't know if I want a switch either. Like it doesn't.
0: Okay, this is really sad vote. because I'm I'm online as we're recording this, so I can look up stuff. Mm-hmm. And as I type in Nintendo. The recommended searches that pop up for it are just Nintendo, Nintendo 3DS, Nintendo DS, Nintendo NX, Nintendo Wii, Nintendo 2DS, Nintendo Classic Mini, Nintendo Store, Nintendo NES, Nintendo 64. Switch doesn't show up, Uh so I type Nintendo Space S, Nintendo Store, Nintendo Stock, Nintendo Support, Nintendo Switch. The fourth option that pops up is their brand new system. Because I just wanted to see when it was coming out, to see just, like, how much lead-up time they have.
1: It's uh, coming out March of 2017, the Nintendo Switch.
2: Interesting. Usually they release those around Christmas. Uh, They do try,
1: but I think they're not doing great, so they're deciding to try to get it out as oh, soon as possible. Oh, if only
0: they had something quick and easy that they could manufacture and put out on the shelves to make them money. <laughs>
1: yeah. For Christmas. For Christmas.
0: Nintendo, you're terrible. Just go back to making playing cards. <laughs> oh. That's how they started, mm-hmm. for those playing at home that don't understand that reference.
2: Yeah. Well, well, guys, News. What, what books are we looking forward to? Coming out November 16th. Oh, okay, yeah.
1: November 16th, one day before uh, The Fantastic Beast comes out. Ooh. Oh, I'm still looking forward to that movie. Yeah, I'm going to hit pause. Oh, Okay, we're going to keep going, Chris. What book are you looking forward to? Uh, John's opening up the beer over the sink per your recommendation. So. Yeah, just, just be safe.
0: Um, I'm actually looking forward to Green Lantern's number 11 coming out from DC Comic Books. Um, I don't know, I've been kind of falling off the Green Lantern train, but something about what's been happening in Rebirth since they relaunched everything. I'm kind of getting that old school Green Lantern feeling again that I had back in the late 2000s when I was a gigantic Green Lantern fan, and I'm saying this as I'm wearing one of my many Green Lantern t-shirts right now. But it's it's back to being like that uh, buddy cop comic book that like uh, with New Lantern Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz. Uh, slow. I
3: know
0: I'm. I'm really digging it. Uh, written by Robert Venditti, art by Rafael Sandoval. It's, I know it's it's getting a lot better than it was.
1: Yeah, you have me interested when you say buddy cop because that's what I loved about Green Lantern Recharge. Right after that, it was the buddy cop of uh, Guy Gardner, and mm-hmm. uh, oh my goodness, I'm forgetting his name because uh, John Stewart. Uh, John Stewart, and also they would rotate Kyle in Kyle Rayner. Kyle Rayner, yeah.
0: Uh, and actually, what I really like is Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps is actually focusing on a lot of those characters that were introduced back in that like green lantern recharge um, like era. Hmm. Be like uh, the Green Lantern, who is the princess of the planet, um, EOland like she's like focused on in the new issue, which is well not new, but the one from last month.
3: Hmm.
0: Like, really cool. But uh, what are you looking forward to? Is John still opening that
1: here? Uh He opened it, he came back in, and then started foaming up, and then he ran back to the okay. sink. <laughs> but I am back, and but I left he's... it in the sink foaming. So okay. there. So be careful with that maple autumn, people. It's, it's, it's foamy. Okay. Uh, my book that I'm looking forward to is uh, from Image Comics. I don't know uh reborn uh number two by mark millar and greg capullo greg capullo on art is carrying this for me a little bit i'm i was interested in that quiet story of you know the woman you know at the end of her life uh and i'll be interested in her reconnecting with everybody in this new wacky adventure that mark millar's trying to you're going to be trying to pull off with this you know in the afterlife we're all destined to quite an uh, ever-ending never-ending battle Is wacky the the proper term? I wouldn't say wacky. It's there's a talking talking dog that used to be your dog. People are. It's a mashup.
2: Did the dog talk though? It just was happy to see her and like.
1: Yeah, it didn't say anything. I don't
2: think. Okay. Maybe it didn't. Did it? (laughs) I don't remember. It's been a month.
1: Uh, (laughs) we, We talked about it two weeks ago. Right, but I read it a month ago. It's got a reprint, so if I could, I, I could go out and buy it again. I guess uh, the first issue.
2: <laughs> Comicsology won't let you do that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. That's good. Um What was I? Th- what was I saying? Oh, because it's a mashup, weird, you know, sci-fi plus sword and sorcery. It looks like so. Yeah. So I, I say it's a little wacky. It's a little mash. Some, a little peanut butter into chocolate. You
0: know? Sure. I mean we we talked about it on uh, three twenty one if you wanted to go hear our thoughts on it. And I I really came around on that book. Like it didn't wow me at the beginning, but yeah, definitely once it picked up, I I was in. So I'm looking forward to reading number two as well.
2: Good. John? Uh and I am looking forward to from IDW. This is uh, number one coming from Amit Chawahan and Eli Powell on Art. This is Yakuza Demon Killers. This takes place uh, in Tokyo Harbor, where there is a dark secret. When a museum heist goes wrong, a damaged thief named Ochati becomes trapped in the middle of a battle between a horde of demons and the merciless Yakuza. No matter who wins, humanity loses. I would rather have the Yakuza. I don't know. Uh, cover looked fun. Great idea of a premise. I mean, the only thing that I would change is maybe instead of it being like a museum heist that goes wrong, uh, maybe like a hillbilly distillery with werewolves. <laughs> that would be good. There were werewolves in that? There were werewolves? <laughs> wait, 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 there's demons in this book? <laughs>
3: uh,
2: so no, I'm looking forward to that. It sounds fun. And then... What also sounds fun would be a dramatic reading. Paul.
1: Yeah, you I'm ready? ready. Oh I'm I'm so ready. I, I you're, had you're to... reading the comic book panels
0: too, not one of the
1: <laughs> Joe Biden <laughs> That's why I'm laughing to myself because I'm scrolling back up over them to get to the comic book panel. <laughs> I've been trying not to be laughing, but it's so do Night
2: Force number one page nineteen panel six. Your
1: entire life has been consumed by whatever is happening to that girl. Your life, and your father's
2: life before you. And that was a dramatic reading from Night Force, page 19, panel 6. And of course, it's only issue one.
1: <laughs> oh, it's the only issue we ever bought.
2: <laughs>
1: no need to buy any more. You can't really read these dramatic readings, uh, the, uh, the the Joe Biden memes, because you need to see his face. You <laughs> <know>? <laughs> <laughs> because you're know, like, he could literally be saying that right now. I, I believe that's
2: exactly what he's saying. I believe it. Uh, Chris, were you able to get into your next beer? Or were you waiting?
0: Um, no, I I still have some of the Dark of the Moon left, and I didn't know if you guys were going to pull another beer, so...
1: Oh, guys, breaking news. I guess we had very little news supermoon tonight supermoon hey supermoon yeah the closest that uh, the earth is going to be to uh you know this side of the planet uh, in uh 61 years so, so
2: we there have you go supermoon over the summer
1: yeah but this is even super super we won't see another supermoon until 2037 or 2034
2: uh, According
1: to NASA, Chris, if you we'll want pro- to leave NASA.
2: We'll probably just stick with the, the one beer. We still have half a bottle. Uh, Paul's a little hungover from yesterday, so he's not going too crazy. No need to open another bottle. So if you have something else, whenever you're ready, just hop in and uh, we'll review it.
0: All right, and once I uh, finish this class, I will let you know.
2: And we
1: got to start reviewing some of these great nep- or YouTube shows slash short fan films um, I guess we should start with the one that you know kind of started the whole process sidekicks right uh,
2: yeah Sidekick. or why don't we just talk about like fan films just in the past oh. too like stuff that like hey when did we start getting to notice that people were making these
1: oh. back in the day
2: uh, sci- <laughs> back in the day uh sci-fi
1: before it was Sifi, had a like special like uh showing off a bunch of like the star wars fan films like it was a two hour special and they had like clips of some here and there and they talked to people that were like kind of a behind the scenes like oh how did you do this or why did you do this and every interview was basically the same well when i was a kid and i saw star wars for the first time i i needed to you know get involved somehow and ever since i've been trying to you know Tell, tell a story in the sci fi universe, or in the Star Wars universe. And, you know, every single interview was like that. And, you know, a lot of them were really good. Some of them were cardboard and bad. And, but, uh, you yeah, know, that's. I knew they were around, but I never really wanted to go. really felt the need to go digging for them.
2: Uh, I thought when you said, like, back in the day, you were like, back in the day, there were these things called moving pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I was sort of like, wow, we're really going back. back pretty far. Uh I think it was like um I think it was there they made that Grayson one where it was uh shot like a movie trailer hmm. as if Batman had died and then Grayson stepping up uh from Robin kind of into that. I didn't see that back one back town. There was an old one. We like we didn't put it up on here, but okay. it was like it's from like the 90s hmm. and uh they did a great job with it. Um and that's kind of what I every now and then I'd either look that one up to watch or see what other ones. There was, like, mm-hmm. the, the Batman versus the Predator. And uh, even now, like, there's some websites now that they do those... Um, they have the fans vote on who would win in a fight, mm-hmm. and then they hire people to act them out, uh, which are kind of fun. Like, you have, like... Uh, you had Batman versus Vader... Uh, Deadpool versus Batman, like a lot of Batman versus people. Um, but those are always like kind of fun, and they're real quick, and a lot of it is most of the video is those people having the debate of who would win <laughs> and then people voting on it. Um, so it's something that's still going on, and it's not as, as extreme as the ones we are going to be talking about.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and on the subject of fan films, for me it's a lot like the cosplay that we talked about a couple episodes ago, too, where – Hats off to people that even attempt doing it, because the amount of work that it takes and pr- the amount of resources that you have to put in to have some of the ones that like we talk about today are just staggering. Like it's, I don't even want to think about oh, what a movie I make looks like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it wouldn't be good. It would be cardboard and cheesy. It I'll
1: would be good. Best of intentions, but... No, it just it would be horrendous. You listen to our Christmas specials to see our great writing. Skills. Oh no, the
0: Christmas specials are great because there's <laughs> literally no budget for them because we don't need it. <laughs> just voices. Just voices. Just voices. Yeah, Paul. Which one? Uh, since this is a Paul baby, which one did you want to kind of get into first?
1: I did want to start with uh, sidekicks here, and uh, okay, I'm going to click on the link here. Yeah,
0: and if you want to see these, they will be all posted in the show notes for this episode, number 323.
1: Uh, so we got uh, Sidekicks, which is a short film by Jeff Cassidy. Si- Sidekicks. Sidekicks. Sidekick. Is the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One.
0: The Chuck Norris movie, just, which is awesome and also deserves your watching. Just one sidekick.
1: Right. Uh, and it stars Josh Dallas, uh, Emily Brett Richards, Tom Cavanaugh, uh, and Kristen michael cooper i think is Kristen michael cooper the guy from uh i think that's the kid oh that's the kid and there's joss dallas then, the guy from uh, once, once upon, upon a time, time. yes and, and I, I still only ever watched the first episode of that so i don't know i got through the first season and the first season was okay and i've been told i need to actually like give it a shot but
2: my wife watches it and she hates when i'm uh, around because i ask too many questions i know and then i make some-
0: complete complete sidebar but i finally just got into american horror story and watched the first three seasons of that
2: so once upon a time is next on the list i think uh it doesn't see it doesn't seem like a bad show but it is like a soap opera with fairy tale creatures or fairy tale mm. characters because a lot of times my wife tells me okay so that's so and so this is what's happening da, da, da. and I look at her with kind of like an eye roll mentality and she mm-hmm. tells me to shut up and okay. go away don't, don't make her crazy I don't know what the Caitlin
1: crazes uh, but, but the, getting back to sidekick uh, it's a short for, uh, film about a father who's struggling should, with a uh, important conversation he needs to have with his son uh, he's a younger kid, maybe eight, maybe, maybe. Yeah, eight. maybe, um, and he's trying to have this conversation, uh, cruxed in a telling a bedtime story about basically the two action figures that his kid is always playing with. And so, you know, it's a, you know, short film in this fantasy world because kids don't play with action figures anymore. They're busy on their iPhone. I'm pretty sure they still do. They still
2: sell them. There's
1: some you can tell that are for the adults. Some that are <laughs> most for the of them are for forty-something, thirty-something, twenty-something-year-old kids, uh, and uh, the that's having. And it's basically this battle between this the good superhero and the dark man, Cap- Captain Strong, Captain Strong, the good guy. Which I could not
0: remember his name forever until I actually just reloaded it. So it's kind of like playing in the background as we talk about it.
1: And uh, for whatever reason, he keeps, the dark man keeps on kidnapping the same girl over and over again. And Captain Strong keeps on saving her until one day he can't. And uh, I don't want to give it all away because, you know, I, I think there is an emotional, you know, an emotional crest to this. Uh, unlike some of the other short films that we'll watch, which are just, you know, there to be action packed and to be a spectacle. Uh, I don't think it hits me quite right yeah i see the crest i see where it's trying to go and it i but i've but i'm never really hit with it yeah Yeah. But, you no, know, i it's, agree it's
0: extremely well done the production value is fantastic um, i'm just afraid for tom cavanaugh who's always going to be cast as villains now i think after his appearances on the flash
1: um i keep on I just, doing I the... wish they had
0: I wish they had just paid a little bit more for Emily Bett Rickards, who plays Felicity on Arrow, to actually say a word. She, pulls- I mean, I know it's not her story because this is the story of you know the the dad talking to his son. Um, but yeah, like she is silent the entire thing.
1: Well, she's also plays that you know, like going through something horrible. You know, distancing herself, and you know kind of cold really well because that is definitely not felicity's character so it's it was a i I didn't recognize her because of it like how well she put on that like facade that uh, yeah how about you john you said it didn't really
2: stick the Uh, landing either it didn't i was waiting for it to be kind of the reverse of a father telling his son that He may have superpowers or something like that, and Uh then all of a sudden he go like. At that point, I go, "Oh no, I see where I see Mm -hmm. where it's coming from," and it does do a good job. This is something nice to. I I don't know, like, I couldn't imagine uh, having to go through that with, like, if I had a child, like, Mm -hmm. trying to tell him that, "Hey, Dad's not going to be around anymore because he's going to pass away." So, I wouldn't. I don't know if Mm -hmm. showing them this video would make them feel better or how, other than just having just a story beat and trying to Mm -hmm. cause, as Paul likes to call it, the feels. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't seem like it's actually meant to help somebody, but just cause feels. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's extremely well done. I think everybody does play their part well. And Felicity does say. You need to tell them. That is like the extent of her her words in it. But it's so it's not about her in a sense. It's about Mm -hmm. this father and his son.
0: Yeah, it it it's really well done, Uh, written and directed by Jeff Cassidy. And I wouldn't mind looking to see what else he's done. I mean, because this was fantastic for like was it fifteen minute? Yeah,
1: yeah, fifteen minutes even.
0: Fifteen minute short film.
1: Yeah, it's. You know, uh, unlike these other ones, which are just like, yeah, let's, let's watch somebody kick some ass, huh?
2: (laughs) And going into our next one, uh, The Punisher, Dirty Laundry. Uh, Thomas Jane reprising his role. Uh, and this is directed by Phil Joanu, uh, written by Chad St. John, and produced by Addie Shankar, who is a bit of an odd duck but has kind of gotten into producing a lot of these what he calls his bootleg universe um Mm -hmm. and we'll be talking about another one from him but he's also the guy that brought judge Dredd to the big screen again um but in doing so he sold the rights to so many people that he can't get the rights back to be able to make another movie with Carl Urban as... Oh, ju- as, as, as Dread because there's so many people he kind of, like, farmed out that all own a piece that either the businesses have fallen and somebody bought it up or they just don't want to put any more money into it kind of a thing. Uh, but this is Thomas Jane as the Punisher waking up in a van and, uh, in the kind of mean streets of X, you know, dirty city. Uh, where he's doing his laundry Well, and
0: they do a great job with this because you don't know it's actually the Punisher until there's like that little bit of a twist in it like it's Mm -hmm. just a dude like you said doing laundry and he's just kind of upset by what's happening around him it's not until he pulls the shirt out that you're like oh this is actually really cool and this came out like a few years ago. I remember we talked about it on the show. I think it came out around one of the Super Bowls. I don't uh, remember. July fifteenth, two thousand twelve,
2: is when it was released. July fifteenth. Wow, two thousand twelve. Two thousand twelve. Feels older.
1: Man. So, but uh, yeah, this is you know it's that really dark, overly violent. Almost cartoony violent at 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 parts because that bottle does not break. No, no, you know it breaks skulls, but it does not break glass. So, uh,
0: but I've I've honestly never hit someone with a bottle, so I don't know. Mm
1: -hmm. Maybe, yeah, maybe he just is able to hit him with the right corner of the glass. It is a solid
2: uh, Jack Mm -hmm. Daniel's bottle is a pretty solid bottle, and you imagine full of liquid too. It's got some heft. But uh, still,
1: structural. Structurally, I, I was more concerned about uh, it being glass, and you see chunks of people's heads going <laughs> flying when he hits people with it. So, uh, and also a special appearance by Ron Perlman too. Also, also worth noting.
2: Also, who's throwing his hat into the ring for being the next president of the United States? Well, that was a
1: joke, right? <laughs>
2: I don't know. It's Ron
1: Perlman. Who knows? Yeah. Do Tellboy. He can basically just do what he wants at this point.
2: Papa Ron can do, can
1: do <laughs> Papa Ron. <laughs> calls himself Papa Ron. <laughs> wait, he refer wait. So like if uh, like as when he introduces himself or does he refer to himself in the third person? Oh well, you know Papa Ron's gotta get his
2: laundry <laughs> done today. Is that how he no, talks? Or uh... is it he he refers to himself in the sense when he's talking about his kids because oh when his kids were in college he'd go and visit and he'd take out like the entire floor
3: oh nice like, yeah
2: out for burgers and stuff and everyone just knew him as Papa Ron so and sometimes when he says he's giving like advice to people he refers to himself as Papa Ron okay that's cute that's that's endearing <laughs> no that that's you're right that's cute that's
1: cute, <laughs> that's cute. it's endearing it's endearingly cute uh. Yeah, this is uh, this is. I'm like, yeah, I don't need. If this is where they want to go with, I, I just don't like the Punisher as a character, all for the reasons this shows why the Punisher's quote unquote, cool. Because I I don't need that level of violence in my entertainment. And I I
0: like this movie for what it is because it's it's the Punisher. You know, it's not him going after some huge like supervillain this is him just on the street corner <laughs> see some stuff going down is like no th- this isn't right
2: you got to make a decision to do the right thing and what's the difference between punishment and justice you know now, i him.
0: i really like this one i know this was kind of a bigger deal when it came out and i i think it's still one of the the best and one of probably my favorite films that we'll talk about today uh, like I, this is this is why I like Tom Jane as the Punisher. Like, and I wish mm-hmm. we had had a little bit more of him.
2: Uh, I agree, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, also, you know, you had uh, music by Hans Zimmer and uh, James Newton Howard, um, and it's from the the Dark Knight soundtrack oh. that they got uh, and used for it. Um, no, it was for ten minutes. It's a great bit of. A character study, yeah. You know, it yeah. it fits exactly for who and what it is. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: and he, you know, and there's that nice uh, moment. The, the, what I like about it is the uh, that nice uh, Mean Joe <laughs> Green moment. Tritter sure Perry moment. Uh, it's Mean Joe Green. Oh, Mean Joe Green. Yeah, yeah sorry. and he gives him sports. course do to do that? Yeah, sports. Come on, Chris. Stay in your field. Stay in your lane. Uh... <laughs> When the kid gives him the coke, hey mister, you know, and then uh, Meadro Green gives him the shirt, and then we get to see this, Thomas Jane, the Punisher. Punisher. yeah. You drop this, oh, kid, you can keep it. It's got a hole in it. <laughs> like, if I was a kid, I'd be like, well, thanks for your garbage, man. And he looks at it, and there it is, the Punisher shirt, with a bullet hole. Bullet hole. He washed it. He yeah, at least it's clean. I've done that before,
0: though. I I've had stuff that's like got holes in it. I don't plan on ever wearing again, but it's still in with the dirty laundry. So I wash it, and then I'm just like, it's it's clean. I might as well just put it back in the drawer.
1: I've done it as well, where I'm like, oh, why did I even wash this?
0: And exactly, then and then you winds it up back in a basket
1: because I don't throw it out. Mm-hmm. And then you huh. fold it, put it back, and then you wash it again. Until your Never wife is like, like, nope, change right now, throw it out, <laughs> throw it out. It's it's endless. Are we trying to segue? I'm sorry, I don't. I'm I, I, I don't know how to segue because uh, which one are we talking about next? I right. think we want to just start go with uh, the next one in the bootleg series that we really liked, which is the Power Dash
2: Rangers or Power, Power Slash, slash Rangers? Rangers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another one. Um, Produced by Adi Shankar, directed by Joseph Kahn, and written by Joseph Kahn, James Vanderbeek, and uh, Dutch Wait. Southern. Wait, Vanderbeek? You mean the Dawson?
1: The Dawson. He got the Dawson. Not he only did he
2: uh, co write it, also starred in it. As Rocky. As Rocky. As a Power Ranger, I do not know. He took over as the Red Ranger for a little bit. Oh, yeah, I don't remember. And then the little kid became the Red Ranger, and he became, like, the Blue Ranger.
1: I have no idea what you're talking about, man. This that's okay. All... So if you... Power, if... Power
0: Rangers is going on its, like, 20th season, too. Yeah. Like, it's it's been around for a while.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It just keeps going.
1: And, um, you know, if you watch the trailer for the new Power Rangers movie coming out, and you said, wow, that's dark and gritty take on the Power Rangers, you have not seen... The short film.
0: <laughs> because... No, th- th- this is a lot darker, but... it's
1: Also, the- I would
0: watch, like, this movie before the upcoming Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. No matter how much I enjoy, you know, Elizabeth Banks and Brian Granston and stuff, I, I don't know, like, I think I'm ready for James Van Der Beek's Power Rangers.
1: <laughs> and also stars uh, Katie Sackhoff from... Uh, yeah, Starbuck. Starbuck,
2: yeah. From Battlestar. Uh, Kimberly, the Pink Ranger. Or is she? Or is she? Uh, this is what came out um, February 24th, 2015. We spoke about it mm-hmm. when it came out. Uh, and it was released, Paul, on YouTube and Vimo.
1: Oh, Vimo, that makes sense because Joseph Kahn is a uh, music video director. He did uh, Taylor Swift's um, Bad Blood and also uh, Blank Space. Mm. 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 I
0: was going to say, I, I don't know his work, but apparently it's because it's all Taylor Swift. So.
1: Well, I think he's done more than just Taylor Swift, but maybe maybe he hasn't. I don't know. I
0: don't
1: know. I, I, I will, I will I, look him up. I stay in my lane. Taylor Swift <laughs> in sports. I, I, will, I will look him up because, you know, uh, I do
0: enjoy a good music video. That's why I was excited about Mark Webb doing the uh, Spider-Man stuff because I liked his music videos. But, yep, yeah, Power Rangers. Power Rangers. I, I really dug this one.
2: Uh, probably one of the second the second best one uh, on here. Just the um, some, I can't see the word. My tongue's getting in the way. Um, from a visual <laughs> standpoint, cinematically, uh, yeah. and acting all well done, pieced together, uh, choreographed very well. And the big
0: thing that has to be really hard when you're just like self-financing and self-doing a fan film like this is CGI. Yeah. Some of them have a lot more CGI, but it's not as well done as it is here in Power Rangers. Um, Power Rangers does the Tony Stark, Doctor Strange, like, hey, here's stuff floating around us, and I'm interacting with it really well. And this is one of those ones that, when I was talking at the beginning about, like I don't want to think about how a movie I would make would look compared to some of this. Because... This is next level. Like, this is... You know, it's definitely not something that someone did in their, like, garage.
2: No, uh, definitely. And, uh, I mean, the plot to this one is... Rita, Repulsive, has won. Um, Somebody's hunting down all the Power Rangers and killing them. And you have Rocky, the former red Power Ranger, uh, interrogating the pink Power Ranger. And she... They think that the green Power Ranger has been cutting down his teammates and the pink mm-hmm. ranger has been trying to find him uh all culminating one big fight at the end with rocky and the green power ranger uh all incredibly tommy right tommy tommy all incredibly well done um visuals i mean i think it's I mean, it rivals what we probably mm-hmm. will get in the movie. Like, it is yeah. all so, so well done.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah, and I, I tried to see what kind of budget and stuff they used for this, and I wasn't able to to find anything about that. But um, just extremely well made. Yeah, so I think this
1: is probably and when i think fan film i didn't think this is what we would be getting you know what i mean like yeah. and then you realize that oh it, it, it has who so it's a bunch of people that are already in the industry so this is this is more than consumer level you know uh, access of you know being able to put things together this is prosumer right this is this is uh they have like during the downtime they have a friend work on it that does special effects like
0: it's like their weekend project.
1: Mm-hmm. I never did sit down and watch that uh, over the weekend filmed. Uh, Joss Whedon. Uh, Much to
0: do about nothing. Yeah, I, I honestly still haven't watched that either. And I, I know it was on Netflix. I don't know if it still is or if it's on Hulu. But yeah, I still I still really want to watch that too. Because wasn't that done during the actor strike? Or am I just thinking about Doctor Horrible
2: again? I think that that was Doctor Horrible. I think this was done. This was done between filming and editing mm-hmm. uh, Avengers. Oh okay. Uh, it's you can tell that these guys did not have long to prepare to do this, To do it, mm-hmm. uh, it they are reading sc- like basically script. It seems they are not don't delivering have a great. Lines delivery of the lines and that took me out of watching it i'm i Mm -hmm. like shakespeare a lot i've seen a lot of theater plays uh of shakespeare and this i just i could not get into it and i think it's because you need people who have had time to understand and deliver those lines shakespeare needs to be overacted
1: it just because the the
0: well the the, the prose of it is so just yeah. dense and I, I don't want to say unfollowable but it's, it's just a different language.
1: Mm-hmm. So I think you
0: you yeah. do need it overacted so you can kind of be like, okay, yeah, he's he's upset.
2: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, and they. Are trying to do it as if it were modern times, as if they were just having a conversation, mm-hmm. and a lot of it just falls really, really flat. Uh, I think it's great that he, that Joss Whedon did it, but it almost is a disservice to mm-hmm. the source material. Yeah, and that seemed like it had a lower budget than
1: this short film here, <laughs> and that's... you know, and. Also, when I think about it, I was like, oh, we'll probably get a bunch of all the Star Kid stuff, like Holy Musical Batman. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Which
2: is done well for what it is. The so people are wearing actual, like, the costumes that you buy in a Halloween store for mm-hmm. the costumes. Yeah. But you don't get that. You get actual made mm-hmm. costumes. And the helmets look well made. Yeah. Because
1: yeah. it's... That room where they're just doing all the information stuff is just like, amazing. Yeah, the people. Talking
0: Heads room. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, so good. Oops, I didn't. Yeah, I, I liked it. Um, I, I kind of want to know what you think of the next one on the list, Paul. Oh, which is Spawn: The Recall, because Spawn seems kind of just outside your comic book realm
1: yes it is it like is. this this is not a book that you know if
0: i was to look up what spawns about i'd be like oh paul would read this
1: he's a bounty hunter for the devil but he works on the side of the angels yes. is that who spawn is
0: and then lots of chains uh-huh. and like demons and green glowy stuff
1: yeah and that's what we get here and uh And Spawn the Recall.
0: Yeah. Um, Do
1: you
3: want
0: me to? Yeah. yeah. Spawn the Recall. This is by Michael Paris. And this is the story of just a mom and her child going grocery shopping. And then the kid disappears. And mom starts freaking out and then goes to look at the security footage uh, to find out what happened to him. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And he just disappears. Yeah. As far as we all know. But really, turns out that he took off a necklace that basically allowed him to be sucked in or found by the demons.
0: Yes. Uh and turns turns out his his mom's a witch and Spawn needs her to do stuff.
1: And the war between demons and angels, apparently.
0: And when talking about CG and Fan films, this is kind of the one that broke me on it because by using Spawn, you're going to need to have a little bit of CG. Mm-hmm. Spawn's one of those characters where the stuff around him is constantly moving, whether it's like his cape or the chains. Mm-hmm. Stuff's always in motion that you can't really just do with like practical effects. Understandably so. So this one is very CG heavy, but it's that. CG that's still very computer generated looking. Yeah. And I I can't fault this movie for it because, like I said, like, this is just people making these movies. Like, they don't have a lot of budget, if any budget at all. And I wouldn't know the first thing about making, like, CG, like, spawn capes. So, yeah, this is infinitely better than I could do. But it's one of those things that when I look at it, it's just, it it catches me, mm-hmm. even though it's still really well done.
1: Yeah, this was uh, done back in 2014. But uh, yeah, the CGI does look that plasticky, that very old school, like 1990. When was Toy Story? 1990, 1995. 1995. So it, it didn't look like it improved much after 20 years, you know, uh, this level of CGI.
3: Uh, no,
0: but this, but this it's is still. It's, it's really good. well done, and it's still it, it's it's artistically solid, like fan film. And I'm surprised that Paul, you brought this to the table, and I hadn't like heard of it or seen it before.
1: I think we talked about it. It, it must have been John that talked about it, or I talked about it. Just because this is, re- I thought it was really well done. Um, again, the emotional bits here with uh, uh, the, the, mom, the mom trying to search for her son. She doesn't quite sell it. Yeah. yeah. Um but but also she it's definitely English is their second language. Um so maybe that's so she has a yeah, there's, um, quite a heavy accent.
0: There's closed captions on this just to kind of let you know what's actually being said. I, I had no issues understanding it, but I found myself reading along with it just because it was there.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh and it was um I thought that I mean the the uh, the computer animation wasn't like top of the line for a fan film. I thought it was great. There's oh yeah, and I thought like just the way they did the chains, the way they did the capes, even the the black liquid moving with faces and hands and mm-hmm. stuff coming out of it, all extremely well done for what I was not expecting. Right. Uh, yeah.
1: During the times where Michael, right, that's the little kid's name. Sure. Okay. Uh, kid, little Kid is fine know. by me. Little Kid is going through and he's being, like, suckered in yeah. to, like, taking off the medallion and winning the Lake of Happiness. Like, that CGI, what would be that, that, like, otherworldly, like, happy, bright stuff, I thought that worked really well. And there's also, uh, I caught it, uh, there's one screen shot where there's the two little blonde girls. Oh, from The Shining? From The Shining. Standing I around. did not see that. And that creeped me the hell out. I'm like, is it? Yeah, yeah. That that's them. And I've been clicking around trying to find it again to to make sure that I wasn't just crazy. No, and i
0: I have nothing bad to say about this one, because even CGI in a fan film that's not studio quality is still better than anything that most people would be able to do. Uh, and at the end of the day I I really like this one I'm glad that this kind of popped up even if the acting wasn't the strongest on it it was still Mm -hmm. still extremely well done
2: Uh, I agree and again like if you if you aren't a Spawn fan but know of Spawn you'd probably enjoy it if you're not a Spawn fan I wouldn't say actively go out and find it
1: but it's eight minutes yeah. of
2: your life. It's not. <laughs> no, but in the scope of things, I mean, eight minutes. It wasn't
0: that bad. I think it could have been trimmed down a little bit. I mean, there was a lot of the mother whose name just completely escapes me, just like walking through the supermarket that I didn't need.
1: With a bunch of close-ups of her eye makeup.
0: Yeah, yeah. it, and it's not well done makeup, but yeah, it wasn't wasn't terrible.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's uh, good. And then we have uh, Nightwing, the series, uh, fan-made little like uh, season. I think there's like four or five episodes. Um, and this, I only watched the first one. I actually watched some of these when they first came out because these, I believe, were made with um, oh, what you call it? Uh, Kickstarter money. This oh. was kickstarted.
0: Okay, um, I I only watched the first one of this because that was kind of the only one that was floated across the desk.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I only watched the first one as well mm-hmm. because I'm like, ah, now I'm not going to come back check out all five parts of this epic miniseries because I'm not
2: that interested. Uh, but created, developed, written by uh, Danny Shepard, who also stars in the series, um, and I mean like it's got a big cast of different people who are. Uh, who are in it. But it is probably, I think, the closest we're ever going to get to an actual Nightwing series. And I don't think it's bad. You can definitely tell that they are better than amateurs at this, but still not professionals with the series. But I think it's well done. Hmm. I think it's well done. I think
0: this by look fits in well with Kind of the CW Arrowverse. Uh, Even like the Deathstroke costumes, very close to um, Arrows. I mean, it's not the same quality wise, but you've got Deathstroke wearing like that kind of scarf around his neck that you see Slade Wilson wearing around on the island. It's, it looks good for what it is. Um, You have to wait almost the entire eight Minutes of the episode to see Dick Grayson pop up, mm-hmm. which I mean, when your show is called Nightwing, the series, I, I would kind of want more of that.
3: Yeah, but,
1: but Batman the animated series, the best episodes were the ones with the villains, and then Batman would show up at the end, you know. And but you're still so, things.
0: You're I, I I was trying to think of a way to defend Batman the animated series. But then I was like, I don't need to defend no. that show.
1: That's great. Is, yeah, I don't
0: know. There, there was just a lot of Deathstroke walking around punching people. Yeah. When I was like, G- give me some Dick Grayson, like give me, give me Nightwing, please.
1: This, yeah, this I think is a the writer, director, actor, star uh, is definitely a martial arts guy. And he mm-hmm. and it pro- does he come from? I don't know, John. Were you able to figure out where he came out of? Where he came from? Uh, no,
4: does he do fight um,
1: choreography for like television shows and stuff like that, in movies? Because that's what I, that's all I got from this was, oh, this is a guy that likes doing fight choreography, like, and here we are. We're going to set up the scene where. Okay, these are just the bullshit guards that are going to get killed. And then suddenly we're going to have two guys that actually are almost worth their weight. <laughs> and, so, you know, they're going to, uh, they're dead. And then they're dead, you know. And we're going to do cool stuff, like have them, like, push one guy to the other guy and then take out the gun and shoot them, shoot through both of them. And, you know, it, it was all fight choreography and not much, like you were saying, Chris. Nightwing, and then by the time we get Nightwing, he's just doing the fight choreography.
0: But even like the Nightwing fight choreography isn't anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's him like talking to a guy that's chained up. Okay. and then it's done. Um, again, not bad. It's so much better than I could do with anything. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just wanted a little bit more.
1: I liked how. Uh, Danny, is that the actor's name? The guy that did this, um, Danny Shepard. Danny Shepard. I did like how he played off Nightwing as like when he he says, "Don't worry, it's not broken. You'll get feeling back in a second, you big baby." You know, he has that kind of coy playfulness. Uh, I just, but he didn't have uh that real likability that I think Dick Grayson's superpower really is.
0: Yeah. No, I I agree that like the handling of Nightwing is really what was going to hinge this on being something that I liked or disliked and I think he did an okay job of it. Um he did bring kind of a lightness to the character that I think you need to have for Nightwing. You can't have him grim and brooding like you do with Batman, which is much easier to do. I, mean, I think playing likable and kind of lighthearted is so hard when you have a universe like the Batman one. It's just,
3: mm-hmm.
0: they're just so on opposite ends of the spectrum that it's gotta be hard to bring a character like Dick Grayson to life.
1: Yeah. It, it's, yeah, that, and it's that likability to get that on screen, it's ephemeral. You know, you can't, you can't make it happen.
2: Yeah. And I think they're trying to do a darker, grittier version of Nightwing. Because this is former Robin hangs up his mantle and becomes Nightwing after his girlfriend is shot and killed.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: So it's like, mm, that's not like you're giving more of a reason to be dark and gritty when, yeah, that's not the character. It's almost like, hey, I like to jump around and kick. If I was going to make a movie, who else likes to jump around and kick? Mm-hmm. Oh, Nightwing. Yeah. You know? That's and then he doesn't have the ability to sell the fun or the character because he's not a professional actor. He just likes to jump around and kick. So how do you do it? You play it dark and gritty and tell me where she is. Yeah, but then at the end, he's like, ah,
1: don't worry, it's not broken. But yeah. does, does he deliver that well? He doesn't deliver it. But I think it's it was researched well enough, so he understands the character. Yeah, it's like Chris was saying, it's that delivery isn't. Yeah, yeah.
0: But the the attempt is made, and the Nightwing costume looks really good. Like I, I have no qualms with it. It's, it's really well done. Yeah, I, there was nothing here that made me want to click through the rest of the. Yeah, uh, like the series.
1: You nailed it for me. Uh, wh- I was trying to think of why I didn't click on the next one because, uh, and you, you're right, Chris. It hinged on Nightwing's performance, and he didn't. You know, it's tough. It's but he couldn't sell it. Like he, it was there. There was nothing off about it or wrong about it. It was just not on. So that's why I didn't click any. On any. Yeah, one. I mean, I just like having it playing in the
0: background of like the discussion here is like it's it's got what nightwing is i mean he's like taking that dude with the tracer he's back hanging out and then presumably barbara shows up and then fade to black but yeah it's just it wasn't enough to like hook me in much especially since we're huge nightwing fans too uh much like my next beer
3: Oh. Yeah. I, I, I I forgot about about got to jump
0: in with it before. <laughs> uh this is also from Elysian Brewing and this is the Great Pumpkin. It's an Imperial Pumpkin Ale. Okay. And I want you both just close your eyes and just remember what dark the moon is. Mhm. Now just now just add water to it. Oh. Now now add a little bit more water to it. Mm. Oh. And there you go. Mm. Um, Elysian Great Pumpkin it, it's not great even though there is a little bit of pumpkin into it mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm really saddened by this um, originally when I went to the beer store and I saw this beer, it was something I hadn't had from Elysian Brewing there was another brewery that had another beer called the Great Pumpkin and I thought about doing the Great Pumpkin off <laughs> Okay. Why not? Like, hey, you have two breweries both making the great pumpkin beer. I should drink both of those. But then after I had grabbed that one, I saw that there was also the dark of the moon. And I was like, Oh, well, I can do two Elysian beers. One of them I know I can talk about because we've had it before and like I can just try it now compared to how I felt about it before. I, I kind of wish I'd put the Elysian great pumpkin back because man, this beer. I, 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 I want more from it. I've already drank a like full glass of it and I'm still trying to decide just what it is to me and I, I really can't. I, I would prefer any other pumpkin beer I think I've had over this. Hmm. And I'm, I'm sad by that. I wish I had my receipt so I remembered how much I had spent on this cause.
1: You want their money back? I,
0: I don't want my money back, but it's just kind of one of those like, for what I paid for this, I probably could have gotten a bottle of the uh, Anderson Valley. Oh
2: yeah.
0: Like even because um, I know they had the, bur- the was the boot barrel.
2: Yeah, the the yeah. pump. I really like the barrel aged pumpkin ale that they do.
4: Hmm.
2: I,
0: I'll finish it because I have it here, but man, not fantastic.
1: At least I lost some Dark of the Moon left to drink. <laughs> I forgot we had this uh, Truth in Journalism, the uh, bootleg universe uh, Venom, uh, still okay, on the I, list. I didn't watch this one because yeah.
0: the audio track was removed from it. And I know we had said it wasn't something we would talk about, but what made you put this one on the list?
1: Well, I heard it because it was a part of the bootleg, so I actually didn't end up watching oh, it either. Okay. I forgot I,
0: I still had it on. I the list. Maybe you had watched it before.
2: I had watched this when it came out. Okay, and it's actually I thought really well done. Um, yeah, it's weird. It's it was shot. It's shot to be like um, documentary style, mm-hmm. where they're following uh, Eddie Brock around, pretty much after he's become Venom. But Eddie Brock's still try, he's been fired after some major event and they're mm-hmm. following him around as he's talking about what's happened to him. You know, I got fired, I was wrongly accused, this or that. And the guy who um, stars in it um, who's known for being like his big thing was being in that um, HBO event, True Blood. Oh. Um, Ryan Kentonan. mm mm-hmm. K-W-A-N-T-N. Uh, he does a really good job playing an unhinged, slightly likable Eddie Brock. Like, uh, Eddie Brock would be able to talk his way through things, and he's kind of a scumbag. Mm-hmm. Um, like how Eddie Brock was in, when he first became Venom. Um, and, like, you have these moments where you see him like, hey, how'd you get that far off that skull- scaffolding? Or he's, like, lifting weights, and he's lifting, like, way too much weight that he should be able to lift and then in the end they see him they hear him talking to himself and they appear in and you can see the symbiont around him and then venom kills the film crew oh uh it's really well done i i I also i couldn't find a good copy of this again but it's what you expect coming from that producer of those bootleg universes it's well made. It's a black and white documentary. It's supposed to have been shot from a Belgian, you know, like a Belgian f- film, a documentary film company doing it. Uh, so I, I tried
0: watching it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, it's hard because it's there's no sound to it. The audio track was removed due to a copyright claim. There is like close captioning, but it's all in French. So, where does Venom actually appear in this? Because I didn't watch the whole thing, because it's almost 20 minutes long. Uh,
2: go to the last, like, two two minutes. Okay, the last two minutes, it's
0: then, like, on a street corner. And, like, then he lays down on the ground to take pictures of bodies, and... Like, that's it. Because, hmm. I mean, I was... I didn't watch the whole thing through like I said um, I was just kind of skipping around I see Bullseye pops up because he's got the target drawn on his head
1: so, so is it is it worth me watching? Uh,
2: I don't think so at this time no, because without I, the, I, I would say no
1: mm-hmm. uh, something that I think is uh, Mortal Kombat
2: man okay it, here you go <laughs> 12, 12 minutes 12, 12 minutes.
0: minutes. Okay. Oh, so I'm skipping through. Like, the yeah, 12 minutes in. Okay, they're in a room full of, like, newspapers. Okay, I'm just. Uh, <laughs> he, he's in a turtleneck. Oh, he's vomiting. Is yeah. it Paul? Is this a yeah. Paul story? This Paul is a Paul story. Um, oh, he vomits. It comes onto his arm cuts away you see tendrils jacking that dude up okay yeah i
2: don't uh no it is by far probably what the the worst uh, uh, one on this list next to maybe the mortal combat ones yeah. like not that the mortal combat ones are bad but they're i wouldn't say they're the bad they're not they're not the best of this bunch the Mortal Kombat ones is, is the
1: level that I was expecting to get from everything, from, from all the fan films because we talked about these originally uh, when they started coming out uh, back in 2011. Wow! So, um, this I is never f-
0: watched any more than this first one though.
1: Oh really? Uh, I went yeah. through a bunch of them eventually. Like I go back to them every once in a while and I'm like, oh, let's. What's going on? And uh, you know, it has the same kind of uh, tech that Iron Man has with the digital floating screens, and so they do have some special effects. But then other ones are just really cheap and bad.
0: And well, also worth noting, um, Mortal Kombat Legacy, it was done through Machinima, which is an actual like internet network, or website, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. like. They do stuff like this. Studio. So yeah, it it does probably have a little bit more of a budget than some of the other stuff that we've watched.
1: But you get to, uh, like, episode four, the story of uh, Kitana and Melina and it's all animated. Oh, really? Yeah, there's one part where when they go to their backstory, it's all animation. Like, really, like, storybook animation. Like, um, they took panels of uh like anime and barely animated it so
0: so just to ask you the question because you've watched more of this than i have does each episode focus on like a few different characters Pretty because much. episode one is jack Sonia, and kano yeah
2: episode yep. six is raiden mm-hmm. and, okay.
1: and raiden is kind of interesting because it's he's he's like trapped in a psychiatric ward and he's trying to produce uh uh try to he's trying to uh, convince the nurse to let him die so that way he can come back as Raiden again? Like outside of the you know, mental hospital. And she's like, No, I can't let you kill yourself. That's not what we're here for And then eventually he does. Uh, uh, he gets tased and he Oh he gets, lightning. she gets lightning get charged. Lightning charged. And- so, I thought that was something interesting. I, know,
0: I just, um, number one, it does have a little bit of a budget. Um, you have Tom O'Pennickett appearing in it. He's been in some Joss Whedon stuff, most notably Dollhouse. Uh, the dude that plays Jax, I can't remember his Michael name. He's ja been White. in a bunch of things.
2: Michael Jaw White. Yes,
0: he was in Spawn. Uh, it was funny watching this again, because I was like, oh, that's the dude from Spawn. I just watched a Spawn movie.
2: <laughs> and then, uh, what is it? Uh, the, the... Isn't it Ryan? What's her name? As, uh, Jerry Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Solia. Jerry Ryan. Seven of
0: Nine. Seven of
2: Nine. So it does have some big people in here, but, I mean, it's developed by, um... Like you said, it's it's got a... The production companies, Netherwell, uh, Nether Realm Studios, Warner Brothers Interactive, Warner Brothers Premier Digital,
0: mm-hmm.
2: like they all had a piece in producing. So this, this is a legitimate,
0: like official.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: Fan yeah. Film.
1: Yeah, I think it came from uh, originally. Remember that one fan film we watched, like that teaser trailer for Mortal Kombat, and I thought that's what got this to get to be made.
2: Uh, yeah, that was like a teaser trailer for this. Oh, it became... Because it, it had, like, the same people and they were, um, yeah, it was like a... Or maybe it was just... I'm just thinking of the Reptile yeah. episode. Maybe.
1: Uh, it's it's hard to say now, know. but
2: it's, you know.
1: And, you know, these are fan films where, you know, it's an actual complete story. I cut out all the fan-made, like, fan um, trailers... Fan-made trailers because of, of things that they wanted.
2: Because why? why yeah. Oh. so they did. Mortal Kombat Rebirth is just uh, a standalone eight-minute thing in 2010, and then this series ran from 2011 to 2013. Wow. Releasing uh, nine to twelve-minute episodes, nineteen episodes total between Legacy One and Legacy Two.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because so. when you um, directed by Kevin Tancharan. And when you see Mortal Kombat Legacy, it says from 2011 to 2016.
1: Wow. So it's been a long-running event, and I I didn't want to, like I was saying before, I didn't want to include trailers, because I I don't like watching trailers for things that will never get made. Right. (laughs) Uh, And I thought these were more interesting. Hey, what about the Star Wars one? Where's that one? You never put it on the list. Oh, I watched it, though. It was good. Which Star Wars one was it? The one that John sent uh, a link to in the Bagnum Board uh, Facebook messages. I'm sorry, I didn't uh, put it on the list just because okay. I. Oh, uh, well, what was it called, John? Do you remember? Uh,
2: it was something like the Blind Jedi Katana. Blind Jedi. Uh, okay. Here it is. It's H
1: uh, O S H I N O. Hoshino. Hoshino. Hoshino
2: the tale of the blind jedi okay, which so. I, not, I thought it was a well done one mm-hmm. there's so many of those star wars ones being made especially since episode uh, Seven. Oh. <laughs> yes <laughs> i met like just now with actually oh. like good uh, facts and people really caring about it and having mm-hmm. the ability to make good ones um but I thought it was a really good one it was also one that had just gotten released while we were talking about oh. doing this so I was like oh hey that fits in there I didn't realize it was brand new yes uh, but yeah it's like the Jedi learning from the you know yeah, the published few- November 1st 2016
1: I on it right now yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: but it was well done and it, it- I mean, we did, yeah we didn't talk about any Star Wars ones but I feel like Star Wars fan films are, tend to be the ones that are the most well done Mm-hmm. Well, I and I don't know if it's just because people go into Star Wars kind of with I don't want to say lowered expectations but when you look at the original films you can tell they were done on a very tight budget the effects and props aren't that great looking so it kind of just sets you up to be like no, like it's the Star Wars universe things look kind of shitty
3: mm-hmm.
1: and it works in that universe because of that and here, I, I did enjoy the story because it's about a brazen young student that just wants to play with a cool lightsaber. I don't blame her. Yeah. She's like, dude, we're practicing with wooden Bushido blades, or, or, or whatever they're called, and in that universe. And he's like, no, do you think the power comes from the saber? And I liked what they said about the saber, too. I thought that was an interesting bit of things, and maybe it is canon, but it's it's a sword that doesn't need to be a sword. Like That's what's most important about it. Yeah. It doesn't need to be used. It's it has no blade.
2: Yeah, and when you are using it, don't use it as a flashlight. Don't mm-hmm. <laughs> do it. Don't do it because you might lose your eyes.
0: Oh, oh, is that when she's walking through the tunnel?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, like I'm
0: I'm not watching it, but I have it like right. playing in the background yeah. with a song off. Or the sound
2: down, um, but yeah. I mean, it's a quick. It was a quick video.
0: Oh, don't put it close to your face.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Sorry, it's going to happen. Uh no, no, it, no.
0: it just it looks really well done.
2: Yeah, and there's tons of them. A lot of people love dressing up as uh, Darth Maul. There's a lot of bad ones of just the,
1: the. A lot of them delve into that Nightwing scenario of oh, it's people wanting to, fight choreography, yeah. and they're not good at fight choreography. <laughs> So
2: it's like yeah, you watch them and uh, but some of some of them are some of them do do a good job um, mm-hmm. and they're they're fun to watch. Like if you're on your lunch break mm-hmm. and you got like free Wi-Fi in your office, like <laughs> just like put a couple of those on because a lot of them they're not longer than five to six minutes, and you will get stuck in a little wormhole of oh yeah, let's check out this one. Oh, let's check yeah.
1: out this one. I like the ones that are you can tell they they're people that do parkour like that's what they're doing (laughs) parkour (laughs) and they're like and now they have a lightsaber in their hand and they're parkouring and jumping around and getting chased you know that's fun
2: well there's a two there's there's no story there's no story there (laughs) is a competition that are just people who it's a competition of the lightsaber kind of choreography (laughs) and you can watch their videos that they filmed and then sent in. So people are using the lightsabers, but it's all about the dueling. Mm-hmm. It's all about the different swordplay. And some of them are, are really good, and some of them you're just like, eh, yeah, better luck next time, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, like, sometimes the choreography ones are really
0: cool, even though there's no story or anything else to it, because a couple weeks ago we talked about how the voice of Baymax from Big Hero 6, Ryan Potter, did the Tim Drake... Um, a choreography video where he was, like, submitting himself for, like, consideration. <laughs> and it's literally just, like, him in a gym, like, fighting people.
2: And leaping around. R- and really well off. done. Yeah. No, it was. It was well done. Maybe. I was like, yes, that
0: that choreography is, is solid, but there's not much else to it. Yeah. No, but, uh, so do we want to do, like, our top three? Yeah, the power ranking. So we we kind of like started talking about like our favorites and stuff. Yeah, well, I could do a power ranking.
1: I would go. Uh, I would go Hushido, number one. I would go. Uh, Is that the, the Jedi the one? The Jedi <laughs> one. We just finished. Yeah, and I couldn't believe it wasn't on the list. Um, Sidekicks two, even though it didn't quite land, and then Power
2: Dash Rangers. Uh, I would do dirty laundry, power slash Rangers, and the Jedi one. Mm-hmm. yeah uh, I would do dirty laundry
0: number one, okay? Just because like watching, I was like, yeah, this is this is the Punisher, like not just because it has Thomas Jane as the Punisher again, but it it works on that level. like it it's going home again for a character that has no home. Um, Power Slash Rangers, I think. Hmm. And then Sidekick. Sidekick was really well done for what's basically the only, um, original content Mm -hmm. on the list. Like, they didn't use, like, a previously known superhero or characters to tell their story. It was all fresh and, like, really, really well done.
2: Are you saying Captain Strong's not real? He's (laughs)
1: He's <laughs> real in your heart, John.
2: Oh, I have
1: one of those. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and if we're real in your heart, uh, let us know by uh, rating and reviewing us over at iTunes or commenting on the uh, when we post the episode up. You know, we come up with these funny titles for these episodes just for you guys. Um, Which, by the way, I have nothing for this show. <laughs> no, you're right. It's cute. I <laughs> know you're right. It's cute
0: okay i'll type that in now then (laughs) uh Uh, make sure you email us if you have any thoughts comments or concerns contact at bagboardcast.com or individually at chris john or paul at bagboardcast.com
2: and an easy place to find all of these videos without having to type is uh click on the links on our uh website facebook page website
1: all of it yeah, uh, we're on the Facebook, we're on the websites. <laughs> I
2: thought Chris said he was going to put...
1: Oh, yeah, the show notes. Show notes.
0: Yeah, no, the yeah. The links are in the show notes. Um, meanwhile, behind-the-scenes stuff, and in front of the scenes stuff, um, something happened with the show notes for last week. They never got posted. Um,
3: oh It no. didn't
0: save properly when I had typed everything up as we were recording, so I have to do that all again, so... Yeah. Hopefully, that'll be up.
1: Hey, losing the show nuts, not as bad as losing on a whole episode like I have. It's so. just, it sucks because, I mean, I know it's just
0: a list of comic books that we talk about, but it's still all typed up and, like, links are added in. And it's just dumb because I was like, I put all that stuff in, I added the tag, so if you want to see what other, you know, books we've talked about to that, that character or from that writer or artist are done, like, yeah, you can click the tags and it it all just disappeared
1: it's a lot of work
0: I feel like it crashed or froze as I hit like save because I know it was all done sure anytime you hear me not saying anything when I'm like we're recording it's because I'm typing shit in
2: or you're watching fan films
0: or or drinking
1: a better pumpkin (laughs) stuff there you go so keep drinking keep listening We'll see you next time. Whoa, that was like almost a sign-off.